Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. I want us to share from a passage the Lord has placed in my spirit from the book of Acts chapter 27, and I want to read verses 41 through 44. It reads, but striking a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground and the prow stuck fast and remained immovable, but the stern was being broken up by the violence of the waves. And the soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners lest any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wanting to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first and get to land. And the rest, some on boards and some on parts of the ship. And so it was, they all escaped safely to land. Amen. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. I want to share with you this morning around the thought, broken pieces. The apostle Paul made it no secret that his ultimate desire was to share the gospel in Rome, in the capital city of the empire. Two years before the events that are recorded in the text that I share with you, Paul had written a letter to the believers in Rome. Little did he know that he would eventually arrive in Rome, but not as a preacher or a pastor or as an evangelist, but rather as a prisoner. The apostle was no stranger to danger at sea. According to his own testimony in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 35, he had already experienced three shipwrecks after appealing to Caesar at his trial before Festus and King Herod Agrippa. A military guard was assigned to escort him to Rome. Most of the journey from Caesarea to Rome was by sea. And during this time of the year, church, the sea was especially unsettled unpredictable and dangerous. According to this text, the ship carrying Paul and 275 other prisoners ran aground after being pummeled for days by hurricane force winds in the Adriatic Sea. Stuck in a massive sandbar, the ship was torn apart by turbulent waves that crashed relentlessly against the ship from both sides. Some on the ship were able to swim to safety, but others used broken pieces, 
broken pieces of the ship, planks and wreckage as makeshift rafts and flotation devices to get safely to land. As God had revealed to the apostle Paul earlier, although the ship was destroyed, not one life was lost. As I prayed about sharing with you today, the last verse of our text that we read, verse 44, tickled, teased, taunted, and tantalized me. The King James version of that verse reads, and the rest, some on boards, and some on broken pieces. You all said broken pieces. Broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass, they escaped all safe to land. The words broken pieces rose from the ruins of the wreckage recorded in this epic passage and pleaded with me, church, to say something to you about them today. To remind me and to remind you that broken pieces are blessings in disguise. So this text in its larger context in the Acts of the Apostles tells us three things about broken pieces. Would you like to know what they are? Yes. First of all, broken pieces are realities we experience. They are realities we experience. Broken pieces, when we think about the import and the implications of those words, broken pieces are reflective of life. They are mirrors that reflect life. They are windows through which we can look and assess life. We all experience broken pieces. Broken things are brokenness. Broken hopes broken dreams, broken promises, broken relationships, broken marriages, broken families, broken children, broken careers, broken ministries, broken finances, broken hearts. And as these bodies get older, broken bodies, broken pieces are realities we all experience. No one gets an exemption. No one gets a pass. Broken pieces are no respecters of persons. Zip code, ethnicity, race, educational attainment, economic status, or political affiliation. There have been times in all of our lives, I know I have a witness here this morning, where we feel as if we have been pummeled by fierce storms and yet somehow on the broken pieces of our tried experiences, we hung on and escaped safely to land. Somebody's hanging this morning on a broken piece. Some years ago, the late Dr. M.R. D. Hahn, and I could not help as I was thinking about preaching this morning when I walked in the lobby and you have our daily bread on the table there. That's a great devotional. I've been reading it for years. But Dr. M. R. D. Hahn was the founder of Day of Discovery and the radio Bible class that still produces our daily bread. The late Dr. D. Hahn wrote a compelling book. When I saw it on the shelf, I had to purchase it because the title alone was so intriguing to me. The title of the book he wrote 
was broken things while we suffer. Dr. DeHaan, he was a physician by training and he wrote these insightful, prophetic words in the introduction of his book. This is what he said. He says, there is no making without breaking. We are living in a broken world today as never before. All that seemed permanent and enduring is being broken down. The history of the world is the breaking of governments, systems, ideals, and programs. The history of every human life, too, is the history of breaking. I remember attending a regional training seminar for police chaplains. And one of our presenters was one of the first responders to the Oklahoma City bombing, the federal building there, where 168 souls, 19 children among them, were killed in a despicable act of domestic terrorism. What he said, what the presenter said that day, still haunts me. He said, in life, we have to deal with two histories. He says, the history we live in and the history in us. We have to deal with two histories. The history we live in from day to day, but there's the history inside of us. And all of us have some history inside us where there are broken pieces and broken things and brokenness. We have to deal with that. That history that keeps us awake at night sometimes. That history that even though the pain of it has been years ago, it still brings tears to our eyes when we think about it. In our text, every passenger, every passenger was impacted by the storm and the destruction of the ship it caused. No one got away without being impacted. Not just the Apostle Paul, and the centurion that was essentially the captain of the ship and the military guard, the owner of the ship, the soldiers, the navigators, the sailors, and all the other 275 prisoners, at least one in each of those groups, at least one, got to land safely on broken pieces. Broken pieces are realities we experience. But here's the next thing. Broken pieces are resources we employ. Resources we employ. In the second movement of our text, broken pieces, it is generally believed that Luke was the author not only of the gospel of Luke that bear his name, but this book of Acts. And he was a companion of Paul. And it appears if you read this whole chapter, if you read the first verse, in particular, he uses we language, which infers that he was aboard the ship that wrecked where so many had to find their way safely to land on broken pieces. In fact, Luke could have been one of those on a plank or a part of the ship's wreckage that carried him safely to land. His detailed and in-depth account of their experiences has been validated over and over again by contemporary scholarship. So as he writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, his reference 
to the broken pieces on which some of the passengers escaped to land is more, I believe it's more than just a minor nautical detail or an entry in his personal journal. He observed firsthand so many of the ship's passengers clinging to planks and boards and wreckage of the ship to escape the danger of the sea and get to land. And his record of this event becomes a perpetual and powerful picture of how the broken pieces in our lives are special gifts God gives us to employ as resources as we fulfill God's plan in our lives and experience his blessings. Amen. God's so good at what he does. He can recycle stuff. Joseph looked at the broken piece of his life and, and said to his brothers, he said, what you meant for evil, God intended it for good. We come to Jesus hanging on broken pieces, clinging to them. It's why I love that old hymn. I heard the voice of Jesus say, come unto me and rest. Lay down thy weary one. Lay down thy head upon my breast. And I love this part. I came to Jesus as I was, weary, worn, and sad. But I found in him, I found in him a resting place. And that has made me glad. Amen. As the sea became more turbulent and treacherous, God sent an angel who appeared to the apostle Paul and told him that while the ship would be wrecked and destroyed, not one life, not one life on board the ship would perish. See, God can make a promise like that and God can keep it because we are safe in his arms. What the angel did not tell Paul, what he did not tell him was that many of the survivors would make it safe to land on the broken pieces of the wrecked ship. Some of us know this in our own experience. God fixed it, but we look back and wonder how we got over. What he used to fix it didn't make sense, but God worked it out. Why? Because God resources and recycles the broken pieces in our lives for good. It's a theme and a thread that's woven throughout the Bible. Joseph, broken by his brother's jealousy, his master's betrayal, and forgetfulness of those who he had befriended, Joseph, broken, became prime minister of all Egypt. Gideon, he took broken pictures, pictures and secured a victory over a vast army of Midianites. Samson, broken, broken, beaten, bound, and blinded, prayed and summoned strength from the Lord for a final victory over his enemies. Jacob wrestled with the Lord. The angel of the Lord, a theophany, appears to the Lord all night long. But with a broken hip, a broken hip, he limped into his destiny with favor from God and from man. 
Elijah, broken by depression, stood up when God commanded him to, and he heard a still small voice. David, broken by his own son's attempt to take his throne and take his life, he sat down and wrote, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Job broken by inexplicable suffering and devastating loss, looked at everything that was in ruins and said, naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord took away. Blessed be. Y'all said blessed. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Isaiah heartbroken by suffocating bereavement in the year the king Uzziah died, he saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. The woman with the issue of blood broken by disease and disability crept through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment and the blood issue she had dried up and she heard the Lord say, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Saul, Saul, bitter, broken, and blinded by his hatred for the church and for Christians, saw the Lord on the Damascus road and became Paul, the apostle, who is the author of two-thirds of our New Testament. And Peter, oh, somebody said, Peter, just as soon cut you as cut you. Peter, broken by his own denial and desertion of the Lord. When he faced execution years later, he said, I'm not worthy to die like he did. He courageously asked his executioners to crucify him upside down. And so broken pieces are resources, resources we can employ. So, so don't get too upset if you're dealing with something broken in your life this morning because if you turn it over to the Lord, he can use it. That's why I love that line of the song I used to sing a lot. Through it all, I love that line that says, if I never had a problem, I would know God could solve them. I would know what faith in God can do. Any witnesses here? Broken pieces, I hope it's making sense. It's in the text, our realities. We experience, everybody. Somebody dealing with it this morning. My suspicion is more than one somebody. They're realities we experience. You can't, you can't drive away from them. You can't dress out of stuff and get away from it. You can't charge it to American Express. We all deal with broken pieces. They are the realities we experience but we can employ them by the grace of God, their resources we employ. But here's the final thing. Broken pieces are reminders we embrace. You know God is at work in your life when you start thanking him for the stuff you're going through. When you start thanking him for the battle you just fought. When you start thanking him for the healing you just received. When you start thanking him for the relationship that did not go where you wanted it to go. 
I'm at a point in my life, I look back, I'm thanking God for some prayers he did not answer. Because he knew what was best for me. There's one verse in this chapter that seems almost out of sync, out of place, out of order. In verse 35 of this chapter, Luke records what Paul did. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. After helping the captain of the ship to prevent a desertion by the sailors on the ship who wanted to take the only lifeboat they had and, and just leave everybody else behind, after Paul helped prevent this, because that would have put the lives of everybody else in extreme jeopardy, after Paul did this, he encouraged them. And if you read the text, he said, not a hair on anyone's head will be harmed. And then he shared this. He, he took bread. He blessed it in front of all of them and he broke it. Does that sound familiar? What happens at least once a month in every local church as we observe the Lord's Supper? We take bread and we break it and the pastor say as we share together, this is his body. This is his body which is broken for you. And so I believe as the Holy Spirit inspired Luke to write these words that seem so out of place, out of sort, in this particular part of the passage, what is happening here is that Luke, and I hope I'm doing it too today, is reminding his readers of the greater truth. Yes, the ship was wrecked. Yes, no lives were lost. Yes, Many did get to land safely on broken pieces. But there's a greater truth here. But there's a greater truth here. At the heart of the gospel that we preach is the broken piece. At the heart of the gospel we preach is the broken piece. The broken one who came down through 42 generations and took on a human body mainly because you can't break eternity. You can't break immutability. You can't break truth. You can't break mercy. You can't break justice. You can't break righteousness. But a human body he took on. So that on a hill called Calvary, on a hill called Calvary, he died. He didn't have to die. He would already told his disciples, I leave my life down. Nobody take my life from me. I can lay it down and I can what? Pick it up again. Luke somehow is waving a reminder to all of us, not just this immediate audience, but to everyone down through history that would read his words. He was reminding us that yes, you have your brokenness. Yes, you're dealing with your broken pieces in your life, in your marriage, in your family, on your job, in your past. Yes, you have all of that. But may they be reminders for you that there's one who to deliver you from all of that. He was broken so that we might have a right to the tree of life. So we can land safely 
in his arms. No matter how fierce the storm, no matter how big the problem, no matter how deep the pain, no matter how disturbing the memory, no matter how great the odds, no matter how high the mountain, no matter how low the valley, no matter how hopeless the situation, no matter how dark the cloud, there is one. He's the only one. There is one that was broken for us. And may your brokenness lead you to the broken one who is still, who's still the bomb of Gilead, who's still a bridge over troubled water, who's still, as the old deacon used to pray in our church back home in Tennessee, who's still the one who may not come when you want him, but he's always there when you need him. <laughs> always. I feel like preaching up in here. Always. Amen. On time. God bless you. God keep your broken pieces. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.